Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. I am your host, Pastor Steve Pearson, from Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, and we are delighted that you are joining us on today's broadcast. Hey, listen, if this is your first uh, time uh, listening to Shouts of Grace, we want to welcome you and invite you to go uh, to our website at shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there you can catch up on all of the past broadcasts, as well as drop us a note or an email um, concerning maybe something you've heard or maybe you'd like to hear or maybe just even a comment. And and if this is uh, your uh, second or third or, or you're a return listener, um, we want to welcome you back and we we want to thank you for your support as well as kind of a shout out to Key Radio for letting us uh, use their studios. And and also want to remind you that if you live in the northern Utah County area, um, why not swing by Redemption Hill Church? Shouts of Grace is a radio ministry of Redemption Hill, and we'd love to meet you. Uh, we meet on, on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Vista Heights Middle School um, there in Saratoga Springs. And so anyway, um, what we're doing today is we're going to transition out of this um, out of this series we've kind of been going through um, called Lessons from the Pulpit as we've kind of tapped into a, a number of friends of mine who are pastors um, around the country um, as, as they call in and just kind of share with us some of the things that God has taught them. And, and we're going to kind of go back to, to, to what we were doing, you know, many months ago when, when Pastor Keith was, was a regular on the show. And we're going to kind of go through the Word of God. And, and for those of you that, that, that might be listening and don't really know what the heart of Shouts of Grace is, what we basically do is we take... We take um, we take world uh kind of worldviews and, and so forth, and we run them through a biblical filter. And so um, our, our whole point is to really tap into what God's Word says about life and, and, and about people and so forth. And so um, we we hope that's something that, that, that blesses you. Um, today in studio, I have um, a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, and he's going to be, become a better friend over the months, Mike Cunningham. He's a church planter that's, that's moved from uh, Georgia, um, down there in the Bible Belt, and he's come to Utah to eventually plant a church here soon. And so, welcome, Mike. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, so you guys just landed. How was your How was your drive and your move? <laughs> it was insane. Um, it was two thousand and twenty three miles from doorstep to doorstep, and I drove the Penske truck. So nice uh, with a car behind it. With a car, yeah, absolutely. Wow, wow. It was, uh, it, was it was a trip, but it was good. Awesome. Well, what I want to do today, Mike, is I, I want to take us through. Um, I want to take us through Psalm 73 because, you know, you and I live in a, in a day and age where we have um, both a political climate as well as this very, um, this, this worldview that it's kind of the antithesis of a biblical worldview. And, and you know, a, a Christian is not going to be able to help but to be in, in, impacted by the world around them. And so I like a lot of times what happens is we th- see things happening and we can start to maybe even wane and kind of, kind of, you know, sway in, in how we view 
you know, sin and how we view the world. And, and you kind of see that in the church. So what I want to do is, is I want to read through a portion of Psalm 73, and then I, I, I would like you to, to, to comment on some things. And so Psalm 73 in verse one, it says, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the arrogant and I saw the prosperity of the wicked for they have no pains until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are they are not stricken like the rest of mankind therefore pride is their necklace violence covers them as a garment their eyes swell out through fatness their hearts flow with folly they scoff and speak with malice lofty they threaten oppression they set their mouths against heaven and their tongue struts through the earth therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them and they say how can god know is there knowledge in the most high behold these are the wicked always at ease they increase in riches all in vain have i kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocent for all the day long i've been stricken and rebuked every morning if i had said i will speak thus i would have betrayed the generation of your children but when i thought how to understand this it seemed to me a wearisome task until i went into the sanctuary of god then i discerned their end Truly, you have set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin how they are destroyed in a moment. And Mike, this psalm strikes me because really what it talks about is it's talking about a, a, a believer looking at the world around them and seeing how how life outside of God seems to be prosperous, how, how people can say what they want about God and nothing ever happens, how the ease of, of life outside of the sanctuary of God is just this kind of like, man, this this party, and, and here I am, I'm struggling to, to be, you know, a godly man. I'm struggling to, to hear from the Lord every morning, and it's just this, it seems, he says, like this is this wearisome thing until something happens. And and so first, Mike, talk about your experience and just the world around you. You, you were a youth pastor for many years, and so that, that, that kind of translates. Speak about just looking at the world around you and wondering why does it seem so prosperous to not follow God? Well, you just hit on probably the most, one of the most asked questions I faced as a youth pastor is they'd say, well, why, why am I held to this standard when so-and-so over here, man, they're living the life. They've got everything they want. They get away with everything. There's no expectation on them. And I feel like this is just some kind of punitive experience that I've got to you know, abide by these rules and do this religious stuff. And, and, you know, you had to sit down with those kids and talk to them about what it is to be a disciple, what it is to want to, uh, to grow spiritually that there, for some, you know, they see their faith as a vehicle to something else. It's a vehicle that gets them their hopes and dreams that if I follow these rules, it's going to make me successful. It's going to make me healthy. And sometimes it does. I mean, there obviously are uh, practical principles that are in the Bible that, that, that are taught, but it's not all about that. The, obser- the, the thing is we, when we put ourselves on top and we put ourselves, when we're the central character in the story, then the Bible and our relationship with God is all about following these rules and following these things so that I can get what I want. And mm-hmm. when we put Christ on the throne and we put God in you know, we're in the, his proper place in our life. We find that we sometimes have to sacrifice some superficial temporal things to have that relationship with God that grows, that, 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 that sancti- you know, that's a fancy word, but it purifies us and, and makes us more mature. And 
that at the same time, it, it saves us from getting enticed by sinful things that, that look appealing in our daily life, but in, in reality are not good for us. Yeah. I think of, you know, I think of when, when Lot departs from, from, from Abraham and he looks out and, and, and Abraham gives him a choice. He says, look, you know, you choose, you go that way. I'm going to go that way. And, and, and Abraham, and I think Lot does what most people would do. He looks out and he assesses the land based on what he sees and he makes his choices based on what he sees. Well, the, 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 the Valley of the Jordan seems like it's well watered. I got a lot of people and a lot of calf and a lot, you know, I'll, I'll take that. Right. right. And, and then of course we, we, we know the story. What, what, what's on the outside isn't always reflecting of, of what's on the inside. And so he finds himself in this, in this place where it's like, man, his righteous soul is vexed every day by the things that he sees that are happening. And it's like, I, I, I wonder as he's sitting there and he's got these people pressing up against his door, wanting inside of his house. I wonder if at any point he thought, man, I sure was wrong in what I saw, you know, and, and I might talk about that because I think as, as believers, we do look out at the world and, and, and we see a life that that is a lot easier than a Christian life. We, we, we see people that, that are in the world that aren't struggling with, with, with morality because they don't care. Right. right. It's like, but here we are and we're kind of like doing the daily grind. I mean, talk to the believer that, that thinks like, is this even worth it? Why, why would I want to sign up for this suffering and all this stuff? Well, you know, it's really what makes it even worse is for the last, uh, this last generation, we've had social media. So everyone's projecting their Facebook self. Yeah. Their Instagram self. They're photoshopped. They are the everything. Look at my awesome yeah. life. That's you right. Know, this is where I went on vacation. You went down the street and I went to Maui. Right. I went to, uh, you know, this is my perfect family. And look at all the honor roll certificates that my children got. And, and you just think, oh, I mean, so you have really a direct comparison. And, and what happens is you get bent, you know, the, that comparison can erode us because it takes our eye off of, where our heart should be and where our faith should be because when we get play the comparison game it leads us down that path and it gets us into that temporal it gets us into that worldly stuff that is very uh, um uh very appealing and it is so pervasive we are probably the most marketed to the most saturated media wise and otherwise with what to wear what to drive you know money stuff Hmm. movie stars. Uh, so, you know, you, now you can be a seven year old YouTube star. Um, and, and what happens is you think to yourself like lot, man. Yeah, of course. Look at my hits. Look at my, look at my friends, look at my money. Look at, look at how many people want to be me. Hmm. Hmm. You have, you have, you know, in the Hollywood, all the kids want to be influencers. I guess that's a new word for spokesperson, but like you can have someone who gets paid by Instagram to say, this is the clothes I wear and this is the mascara that I use. And this is, and it gets you, know, we have little junior celebrities that are being taught from a very young age to chase the, the golden key to, to go after, um, you know, fame, fortune, money. And, and again, those things used properly or can be gifts from God. But when we are pursuing that for our validation and for our identity, it's absolutely erosive to our, our 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 spiritual life and it can corrupt us yeah it's almost like it's almost like the ultimate bait and switch right, right. like i'm gonna i'm gonna bait you in and then lure you into this to this you know it, it, and it and it's not just it's it's not just a choice it really is 
propagating this worldview right. that's outside and then the antithesis, the opposite of, of, of what God would have us look. Because in God's, you know, it says there, it's interesting, it says in verse 13, it says, all in vain I have kept my heart clean. I've washed my hands in innocence for all day long. I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. He's talking about the the, the, the life with God. Right. God's, God's talking to you every morning. He's correcting you every morning. And, right. and, and it's like, I'm, I, and he's starting to feel like, have I washed my hands in innocence? Is this really worth it? Because everyone around me is having this life that you would think would come from the life of following God, right? If I'm following God, like, why isn't this good stuff happening? And, and then I think what you find here is this misunderstanding of what the life of God is like, almost as if the life of God is meant to make you happy in all circumstances, where we would say the life of God is to make you holy, it's to conform you into the image of Christ. And there are times when that will be uh, reflected in happiness. And there are times when that will be reflected in, in extreme pain. And so and so, what the world doesn't, what, what God's word tells us is, look, there is a conformity into Christ's death, but there's joy in the midst of God taking you there. However, what the world doesn't tell you is that in the end, if you surrender yourself to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which is not of God, but of the world, it all passes away. And there is something in the end. And I think we would do well, Mike, and I want to talk about this more on the other side of the break. I think we would do well to pay attention to this because the reality is we live in the most depressed time in human history. And if this psalmist who's seeing this thing that seems like it's all going well for the people that don't know God, why are we living in the most depressed time in human history? Hey, listen, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. I am your host, Pastor Steve Pearson from Redemption Hill Church, and we are in studio today with Mike Cunningham. I'm a a, a, a freshly four or five day old Utah native <laughs> or a, not a native of Utah a transplant who's come from the South. Um, Mike is going to be planting a church here in the next little bit. And um, we've been talking about Psalm 73 and Mike before the break, um, we were talking about just this idea that, that the perception that those outside of Christ have it made and everything, but, but that's really not the reality, is it? It isn't. And you said the word that has that the key word, you said joy. And, you know, what has been saving my life for years has been the book of Philippians mm-hmm. because uh, it's a Paul chained to a guard watching his church fall apart, expressing joy, mm-hmm. expressing, um, you know, singing praises to God, uh, you know, being the, that crazy evangelist in the jail. And the whole thing is, is that happiness is circumstantial. I have more money. I feel good. I lost weight. That, you know, happiness, Christmas morning, Mm. joy comes from the Lord. Mm. Joy can only come from uh, our relationship with God. It can only be granted by God because joy, I've I've seen joyful people uh, in terrible circumstances. I've seen joy of the Lord in hospital beds. I've seen the joy of the Lord at the worst times in people's lives because his faith sustains us and, and that they grow in grace. Uh, meanwhile, happiness, I think that where our 
culture values happiness above all other traits. They'd rather be happy than successful or talented. And yet we've never been more miserable as a culture. And that's because our culture is rushing after happiness when they should be pursuing joy. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. And I think you're, you're right. It's like, you know, you look at somebody who has everything. They're born with a silver spoon in their mouth, yet they're not happy. Right. You know, all the things that the psalmist says here that you would think would contribute to, to, to a happy life, people are offing themselves. People are taking their lives. Absolutely. And, and certainly that's not a reflection of, of a happy person. Yet, you, like you said, you can look at somebody who's, who's terminal and they've got this joy that, that's inexpressible. You can't, even, you can't even talk about it. Well, in, in the psalmist, and I, and I want to camp out on this one now a little bit, um, all of this stuff that's going on around the psalmist, he's, he's looking at this and he's coming up, he's starting, my, he's like, man, my, 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 my feet are almost slipping. I'm, I'm looking at all this stuff. And, and his perception was being swayed by the world around him until something happens. It says, um, I, he says in verse 16, I thought how to understand this. I didn't get what was happening here. It seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Mm. Then I discerned their end. In other words, this worldview that says, go after you, you do you, go be happy, have all the stuff around that that the world offers you, um, and then then you'll, you'll really have it. This guy was starting to buy into it. It was a wearisome thing. Then he went into the sanctuary of the Lord, and he understood their end. Mike, there's an end to a life pursuit outside of God, isn't there? There is. Dying to self has got to be the central part of, of being a Christian and understanding that our obedience and our, uh, that God will give us joy in our obedience, that he will give us our life, our life will have purpose and will have um, um, a heritage if we're able to um, put away the things that are not important and chase after the only thing that is important. And I think that in a, the irony is the younger generations are looking so much for significance. They're looking mm. so much for th- what's, what's permanent. What's, what's a legacy. What's, what's going to be something that's going to last. And, and we're looking everywhere except for the place where we should, where we can find it. That's right. And, 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 and I love what's said here. It, it says that, that his perception was beginning to become skewed until yes. he went into the sanctuary of the Lord. And then he discerned. And, and, right. and I really like this idea that, that the world can taint our view of things, right? Um, it, it, it can it can mess with our worldview. It can mess with what we think is right and wrong. It can give us sympathies for things that God would not have us have sympathies for, right? And 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 it can do all of that. But when we come back into fellowship with God, into the house of God, the house of God should be a place where the believer receives discernment about the world around them. So we order and we reorient our life and our perceptions of the world according to our fellowship and our connection with God. If we don't connect with God, if a person's out of fellowship with God, if a person's not not in regular attendance with church and fellowship with other believers, then 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 scripture would seem to indicate the brokenness of humanity subjects their mind and their worldview to be easily swayed by the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the mind, and the pride of life that's around us. But when we go into the sanctuary of God, Mike, we find discernment then, and, and God reorients us. And and so, you know, talk to the person um, who who finds themselves now being 
being compassionate. I don't want to use the word compassionate. Finding finding themselves being swayed to things that they that that they've never believed in the past. Perhaps they're redefining what love is. I mean, we live in a culture that redefines what love is, right? And according to you know the dictates of every man's own heart. Talk to the person about the necessity to connect with God to order their spiritual life so that they're true in their assessments. Well, you just said it because again, the Word of God corrects. Um, our time with God in our, in our prayer life uh, connects. Um, and then we have a, a body of believers that we get with who, who get it. That's the idea. We come together, we worship God, but also you have people who can be your eyes and your ears for you because there's times that, I mean, I get caught up in the world stuff. I don't know if anybody else does, but I, I, I care what people think about me. Mm-hmm. I want stuff. I mean, I'm not being uh, cavalier when I say that because I think no one is immune to temptation or to sin, or to you know, you know compromise, and, and again, you talked about the compassion. That is an area that I work hard on because you know I I want to be a compassionate person, and I generally am a fairly compassionate person. But enabling is not going to help people, and I think that in my life I've remembered the people who loved me enough to tell me the truth. That's right. They loved me enough to correct me. And that was, I think that, by the way, that is probably the really true mark of, a, of, of maturity. If you're looking about, you know, what's the, when do you become an adult? When you can take constructive criticism without mm-hmm. feeling like you're being attacked. That's when, right. When you can receive that in grace and, and understand their motive. And I think that, um, and by the way, what's really tough in our culture right now is I'm not seeing a lot of mentorship going on. I'm, I'm seeing people run away from godly advice and, and um, you know, accountability. And, and no one wants, no one loves, says they love accountability. They, they want to run from it. But I yeah. think that it's absolutely necessary in our life. And so in, it is a slippery slope where we get on this, this compassion and we, and we do, we love people. But I think that the, what we have to remember is if we truly love them, we'll tell them the truth. If we true, not because Mike Cunningham says so, but because the word of God says so. That's right. That's right. In fact, you, you alluded to that, that idea of being slippery because that's exactly what the psalmist says. When I connect with God, when I'm going to the sanctuary of God, I realize that all of the perceptions that I had had about the wealth and, the, and, and, and all of what the unbelieving world is obtaining outside of God, I realized something, that God, you have set them in a very slippery place. And they are, he says, destroyed or they fall to ruin in a moment. And, and I think, Mike, that there is something that, that is very uniquely connected to the gospel here, and that is the Bible does say that do not be deceived, God is not mocked, whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. If he sows to the flesh, he will reap corruption, but if he sows to the Spirit, he'll reap everlasting life. And and the truth is that that the fact that God isn't mocked, if a person finds themselves living apart from God, thinking that they're living in a land of blessing, oh, look, why should I believe in God? Look what's happening. Then God's word would say, you have been set in slippery places and there is an end to the rejection of the gospel of Jesus Christ, even though you might feel like it's a party now, in the end, that slippery slope, you will fall in a moment. And that falling in a moment will land you in front of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You will look into what the Bible says are eyes of fire. You will have what the Bible says are books that are opened and every man will be judged according to the to, to what's written in the books. The end isn't a party. The end of a life apart from Christ is what Hebrews 10 says, a certain fearful 
looking forward to a judgment which devours the adversary. If I order my life around being an adversary to the gospel, an adversary to the God who saves, then that slippery slope lands me into a place of judgment in front of that God. And and so for for me as a Christian, for you as a Christian, Mike, and we're, we're almost out of time, we got 30 seconds, talk real quick about the need to respond to the gospel. It's the most important thing we do. We can't save ourselves. We can only... Um, the, the grace of Jesus Christ, what he did on that cross is, is the only thing that can save us from our sin and that we must turn from give ownership of our life to God and receive the, the grace that only Jesus can give because otherwise we, without it, we are absolutely lost. Amen. Hey, listen, we're out of time for this episode of shouts of grace. Mike, thanks for, thanks for being for on the me. show, man. Yeah. We'd love to have you back on and talk a little bit more. It's fun. Um, yeah. Awesome. Hey, listen, you've been listening to shouts of grace radio and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us here at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.